0: Acapulco is back for its second season on Apple TV+, and we're here with another review. Well, I'm not going to call it a review. We're here because we feel not enough of you watched this in Season 1, and now that it's back for Season 2, and it's still good, we think you need to jump on this train, because Acapulco is so much fun. Yeah, I wasn't sure if the series could capture and maintain that same magic. But I guess I should have had faith in the writers. So we come into season two and it picks up right off the bat from the dramatic events of season one. So Las Colinas is having some issues. Our lead character Maximo has to deal with the sudden engagement of his one true love at Las Colinas. All of the characters are going through their soapy telenovela stuff. But I think what makes Acapulco work so well is because it's
1: wholesome and well-meaning. You know what it is? It's wholesomeness takes a while to get into in the sense that I loved season one. It's just that now that so much time has passed and by time I mean the internet's shitty response to everything, I'm sort of fallen back down the rabbit hole of being just super down on everything and i think i needed like an episode and a half two episodes to sort of get back into the mood for acapulco because it's a mood it's very wholesome without being cloying or annoying and and nobody's trying to really stab anybody in the back you know you kind of have to rewire your brain because i'm always just expecting for the other shoe to drop because everything's so Nice. Even when that other shoe drops, you just realise, actually, it's not that bad a drop, you know? It's a weird thing to be in. I was
0: going to say that because there are dramatic moments and that shoe does drop and there are interesting twists and people do end up doing some bad things. But Mm. they're not evil things. They're bad things that human beings do because they may be feeling a little selfish that day or they may not be thinking about someone else that day. And I think that's the kind of drama that these writers work so well with. Like, they still find tension in those situations. And I remember when I was speaking to the stars of the show, we spoke to Enrique Arizon and Fernando Carsa, and I brought up the fact that Maximo does some despicable things. Like, he does some incredibly selfish things, but the
1: way the character is played still makes him likable. There's an innocence to him, right? And look, I'm only about three, four episodes in and even like you say, when he's doing things, when he's doing selfish things, they're not selfish for personal reasons, they're selfish for family reasons. Correct. You know what I mean? He's not screwing anybody else over because he wants to get a leg up. He's doing slightly despicable things just so that he could help his family.
0: Also because it isn't rooted in a sense of malice. Yes. So he's doing it because he himself is young and stupid and fumbling around in the dark and learning how the world works. There's a certain naivete to
1: his bad actions. It's the child pushing the boundaries of regulations and rules just to see what happens in not knowing what can happen. The other thing that I really
0: love about this show is how it kind of balances Emotion, heart, drama, and comedy. Like, it's very much like Ted Lasso in that way, where you can have an incredibly deep and meaningful moment and then undercut it with comedy, but not have the comedy suck the emotion out of the moment. Yeah. Bill Lawrence does it really, really well. I mean, he used to do it great in Scrubs, even in Cougar Town, and also in Ted Lasso. But with Acapulco, they really take a leaf out of that playbook. Now, I don't know if you've reached the episode yet where Maximo's mother finds out his sister's secret. Yes, right, I have. Like, So we know from season one that Maximo's sister is gay and she's been hiding it from her family. Wait, she might not be gay. She might be bi. She may be discovering her sexuality, right? Let's just put it that way.
1: Also, can I say just that, like what you said, her hiding it from her mother is done in the most cute of ways in that it's serious but at the same time not that serious in the show it works in a different show how that plays out may not work because it just seems so stupid well let's put it this way in this show
0: it plays out like how it would in a sitcom yeah but it kind of works given the tone of the show but yes, exactly yeah there's this fantastic moment. Her mom finds out she's been hiding this horrible secret, right? Horrible, horrible secret. And they have this really meaningful, intense conversation slash fight. But it's undercut by the drama of someone coming into the room every few minutes talking about dinner. And it's just, it's so well written and so well acted. And the escalation of that scene plays out so incredibly well
1: yeah and i think even then in inverted commas that blowout doesn't really even happen right it's a yes it's a very adult disappointment it's a very non-tv escalation of the situation nothing really it doesn't devolve into a shouting match about all that stuff. In that sense, it feels more real. You know, the mother just keeps repeating, but it's a sin. You know, she's not screaming, she's not shouting for it. Playing it out that way almost makes it more emotional, almost makes it more real. The tone of the show matches that. It doesn't need to go too much, it doesn't need to do too much to get the idea across that the mother, more than being angry, is possibly disappointed. There is so much attention
0: to detail in this show. The recreation of, I guess, this resort in the 1980s, in Acapulco, in Mexico. The kind of colourful way that they've put everything together. The fact that every episode have these two singers singing pop songs in Mexican. And then they kind of subvert that in one episode in this season, which is fantastic. All the Mexican pop culture references from the 1980s. All of that's in here. It's a really well-crafted show. Like, all the performers are absolutely wonderful. Every character, it's a real ensemble piece, because even though Maximo is the lead, and you've got two versions of Maximo, right? But you've got all of their friends and fellow resort workers, but everyone is given their moment. Everyone's story is allowed to shine. And it's just great writing to be able to do that in these 30-minute bite-sized
1: episodes. The first season really was a setup to Maximo going to Las Colinas, but then also, even in season one, there was a a, a really interesting storyline with 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 regards to Don Pablo, and it's that idea that everybody, like you said, everybody gets a bit to shine. But I think season two feels like they're letting these characters sort of have their own storylines a bit more, like like Diane Davis's thing with 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 her potential love interest the story with Maximo's mother and Maximo's sister, they're letting the show breathe quite nicely. The two singers we meet in the first season, the ones that sing Mexican versions of or Spanish versions of English songs, they're starting to come into it a little bit. I think they're getting some more dialogue. And it's nice that the resort really is the setting for the characters to do and have their own moments as opposed to it all being just a setting for for Maximo's story. It's also one of the Few shows on,
0: I will say, American television or American streaming that has a not just a fully Mexican cast or almost fully Mexican cast, but the integration between like the flow of language in the show and the way they kind of switch between Spanish and English and how both languages are kind of integrated and they would use both languages in a single sentence like all of that feels so natural. And yeah, it feels yeah. so normal.
1: And I think I really enjoy that. It's something that might not seem as natural to a an English-speaking audience. But for us, specifically Malaysia, we switch back and forth between Malay and English as naturally as this. But I also Correct. love the fact that there's the... In Season 1, they set the rule, right? Step into Las Colinas, you only speak English. Yes. Which feels like a very natural way to do it as opposed to... Everybody just speaking in English because you don't want to alienate the white American audience. But when they're not in a room with their
0: guests or the tourists, they're obviously speaking to each other in Spanish.
1: Oh, when they're at home.
0: Oh, when they're at home. It's just so wonderfully thought out and I really like that. As long as these characters remain interesting, and if they continue using that telenovela approach, I think they will. Because there will always be new twists thrown in. This is a show that I can see go on for a while because Mm. you know where Maximo ends up. You know he ends up rich, successful, he's got a private jet, his own fucking mansion or an island and all of that stuff. I mean, you know where he ends up and yet
1: there is still a tension. You know why? It's because we don't know what happens between him and Julia. Because we know he doesn't end up with Julia. Correct. We literally know the end of that story. We just don't know how they get there and we want to know. And I think that, that to me is the, is the thing that, 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 that I'm dying to find out. I'm dying to find out why old Maximo hasn't talked about Memo or hasn't talked about old Memo. Did they have a falling out? What happened, right? Did the sister come back into Nora's life? It's that all of those little things just give me enough to make me want to keep watching. You know what's my prediction? Sure. It's
0: not his nephew. It's his own kid with Julia, because his sister's gay, can't have her kid, right? But Julia died. He couldn't bear to raise the kid by himself, so the sister raised the kid. I'm going real telenovela, Tamil movie style. I,
1: yeah, because I, 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 I was going to say, that sounds like a terrible idea. But then at the same time, <laughs> like, but that's very telenovela though. You know, it's, yeah, I, oof, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that.
0: That's my prediction, man. We'll see in seven seasons and a movie whether it turns out to be true.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it will have the legs to stand for seven seasons, but I think four, five seasons, easy. But I want to see an ending. And I think so far, Apple TV Plus has done a very good job in sort of letting shows develop and then sort of end right i think that's what they did with c um i suspect for all mankind is probably coming to an end in a season or two i like that idea i like the idea that there might be a there's an ending there like you said we know the ending so to drag it past that just seems a little much
0: no you're absolutely right i think it's because apple tv plus doesn't release a hundred shows a week they have a little more budget i guess to play with and allow shows to find their footing if you Cancelled for all mankind Based on the reviews That the first three episodes got Yeah, You would not get the fantastic show That we have today It is like one of the best shows on TV That far too few people are watching And I think the same applies for C. People disliked the morning show When it launched And all of these things Have turned out to be really Well written, tremendous television And I think Acapulco started off strong though And I think there was consensus That It was a very good, very well-crafted, very funny show, but I still think because of subscriber numbers, not enough people are watching it on Apple TV+. And we are here to tell you that you should. It starts streaming by the time you listen to this podcast, so get on that. You've got a lot of season one to watch, and it's very easy to watch. Each episode is about 25 to 30 minutes, and you will get through it like a breeze. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. @goggler.my My, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.